Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Ayo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I am joined, as always, with my good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler, a.k.a. T Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. And you can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. You can also find our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. We are on Facebook as well, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast there. So if you find us there, you'll be able to find all our other podcasts and all the stuff we're doing um, for those, including the Bucks and the Brewers. So make sure you guys are checking that out as well. Today on the Packers Trilogy Podcast, we are going to do... A little hypothetical with Aaron Jones, um, and then we're going to kind of use that to talk about impending Packers free agents. Um, And Tyler kind of gave me this idea because this is what we talked about on the Brewers podcast this week. So I thought it was interesting and with kind of nothing going on in sports and the NFL as of right now, I figured it was a good time to talk about the free agents that are going to be... Um, on this team and who we want to re-sign and those types of things. So before we get to all of that, how are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I'm recovering from a sunburnt weekend and spend most of today hydrating and staying in the AC. So that's how you know you had a good Friday and a good Saturday. So recovery Sunday. That was my day today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat, but feels good summer's here yep and i can make that all three of us because i i definitely took a nice nap today and i have been in the ac i think the entire day so um definitely was awesome an awesome weekend um and also some nice relaxing day today which was much needed and now we get to talk packers so Overall, pretty great weekend, if I do say so myself. So on this week's hypothetical, last week we talked about Aaron Rodgers. So let's talk about Aaron Jones this week. Um, And I kind of wanted to be kind of similar in terms of the hypothetical. And then we'll kind of branch off of the hypothetical um, after that. But the hypothetical would be Aaron Jones is traded before the 2020 season begins um, because he threatens to hold out and they find a team that's going that we can like sign a trade or do something like that. Um, so first question is what do you guys think the hall would be for Aaron Jones? Um, that would make 
Brian Gutekunst and company want to pull the trigger on a deal like this? I don't think they would want to pull the trigger (laughs) no matter what. And I think the haul, especially for running back, isn't going to be that great. I mean, you take a look at other trades, it would not be a situation like think of David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins mixed in with a couple picks or whatever happened earlier this winter. I don't think it'd be something like that because for one, if you're going to acquire another player, you have they wouldn't have had any time to learn the playbook in football. That's obviously pretty important, especially if you're going to pick up a key offensive piece. Um, so I think it, the hall would just mainly have to be for high draft picks. I I don't think we would get a first-round pick for Aaron Jones just because running backs are so replaceable and a team is not going to want to give that up. Would you get a second-round I could see that third round for sure. Um, But then you'd probably have to get at least two draft picks. And I don't know. I I know I just said I wouldn't throw players in there, but the Packers always seem to like to pick up inside linebackers during training camp. So maybe they would get something like that. So maybe two high to middle-ish round draft picks and then uh, inside linebacker or it's not a big name or anything like that. Um, I don't really like that haul, but that's kind of what I would see happening. Yeah, I, I was thinking pretty much along the lines of you too, Tyler. Uh, I don't. I I feel like I'm horrible at predicting trade values for NFL players because I, I feel like every trade is completely different. I don't. I don't know how many trades I've seen in the NFL where I'm like, oh yeah, that's a that's a fair trade for both teams so I really don't even know how to predict it but it it sounds about right when you say that Tyler Um, I probably still would be thinking they probably wouldn't get a second round pick as crazy as that seems but I could see like two thirds or something like that and for me, I don't think they're going to get more than a third-round pick for Aaron Jones. Um, partially because if someone's trading for him, they're trading for him for one year and then paying him a boatload of money. Um, so you don't want to give away draft capital and pay your running back position a boatload of money. So I don't see, I don't see a trade partner out there really. Um, I really, unless there's a team that just thinks they're an offensive weapon away and they are going to win the Super Bowl this year and that's what they're doing, um, I don't see a very likely trade scenario. And I, even if he threatens to hold out, I don't know if it's worth trading him um, unless you can get a day two pick. But I, I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to give a third round or better pick away for a running back in his last year of his rookie deal so it'll be it'll be interesting to see um I don't think he's gonna hold out so I don't think a trade is gonna be something that the Packers need to do um but if something were to happen that Aaron Jones wasn't in the offense whether it be trade injury how would that impact the 2020 season how big of an issue is that for the 2020 Green Bay Packers if and when they get on the field if Aaron Jones is not out there with them yeah that's a Interesting question, too, because obviously you're losing your most versatile running back in terms of what they can do, and obviously the Packers have done a very good job of managing Aaron Jones' load throughout his career, and 
Izzo has been very efficient when he when he runs the ball. I think what two years ago he averaged like five and a half yards a carry. Last year it was four point six, but last year he got the most volume for sure, and and of course stayed stayed healthy, but. It's weird to think that the Packers maybe could get by quite well if it was just A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams, because Jamal Williams can still be a good pass catcher, especially in screens. Obviously, I wouldn't be sending Jamal Williams out of the slot or anything like that, Um, but I think the offense would manage to get by, and especially with with them seeming like they want to run the ball more, that would indirectly hopefully open up the passing game so if the Packers do or they would move on from Aaron Jones yeah you're going to miss his versatility maybe you miss him you know with those one-on-one coverages a few times games against linebackers and miss some big plays um, which is obviously a big thing to miss but I think the offense would still get by uh I don't know I obviously you'd lose a guy who got 19 touchdowns through the whole season last year. That's that's a big blow. We do have Jamal Williams and then A.J. Dillon there. Um, Jamal Williams, I know that last year he had an injury-riddled season, but he's a solid player. I don't think he can be really your featured back. Uh, but, I mean, doing the running back by committee – I think is going to be beneficial for us. And I think that Aaron Jones is going to need to be a part of that for us to be successful, especially for what it seems like the Packers are trying to do with their offense going forward um, without adding too much to our wide receiver core, all that stuff. I'm, I'm thinking Aaron Jones kind of needs to be on this roster for our offense to be uh, dominant in this league. Yeah, and I think that that's fair because he is such a – the best way to describe him is a, is a weapon. No matter how you use him, he is a weapon in the run game, in the pass game. Um, now, if he's not on the field, I think it has to kind of be running back by a committee. Like you said, Scott, I think A.J. Dillon can carry the load because that's what he did at Boston College. If you needed to, if you were against a team that's not good against the run and you felt like you needed to run it, 25 to 30 times AJ Dillon can do that I don't think Jamal Williams can um, but a couple other players that are would play a factor in that um, is Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams if he can figure out the mental stuff and um, kind of more the off the field or mental side of the game because he's got all the talent that the Packers would need at that position it's just whether the coaches and the players around him can trust him to be where he needs to be and do what he needs to do on the field is the big question mark around him. But um, I think between A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, Tyler Irvin, and Dexter Williams, if they all were to do a running back by committee and step up in different ways, I do think the offense would be serviceable, but not nearly as good as if Aaron Jones was a part of it because he is – Absolutely unbelievable. So let's go to a prediction on what actually happens. Let's say Aaron Jones plays the 2020 season. He gives us what we're used to seeing from Aaron Jones. Um, So whether you think back, you know, 2018 season 
or 2019 season, like Scott said, he just had 19 touchdowns. Um, what do you guys think are going to happen? Is the Packers going to sign them? Uh, SpotTrack does put out on certain players a calculated market value. They look at different stats for running backs. They look at rush yards per game, rush touchdowns per game, uh, fumbles per game, receptions, receptions yards, those types of things. Um, and they try to analyze where that rates with the rest of the running backs and how that contract would play out. And the contract that they gave Aaron Jones for being kind of that market value for him is four years, $52.7 million, which would be an average of $13.1, almost $13.2 million average annually for that life of the contract. So where are you guys thinking, if that's the number, let's just go that that's the numbers the Packers would have to give him to be able to sign him. Do you Are you guys signing him, or are you going gonna, gonna to pass and roll with different running backs? Well, it's, it's tough because it's more of a question of, like, can the Packers afford to pay him, which we'll obviously get to kind of a little bit later in this podcast. And you mentioned the average annual values at, what did you say, $13 million a year, which is... I mean, for Aaron Jones, he, he definitely deserves that, and some team is going to pay him that or more, however that turns out. I've heard some ideas that maybe, like, in terms of contracts, maybe it's just like a number a player wants. Like, for Aaron Jones said, maybe it's, I want to make $50 million. So maybe they give him a bigger signing bonus, and then that average annual value is just lower throughout the duration of his career. You kind of pay him more up front, which would kind of be beneficial, especially for running back. Um, But again, depending on the cap and everything, can the Packers do that? I don't know. They could always franchise tag him, but that's going to be expensive too. So my prediction, especially if he performs to even like three quarters of what he did last season in terms of production, I think the Packers are probably going to let him walk. This is going to be a tough one because Packers got a few big names um, that are going to be up for a contract at the end of this year. So you kind of have to look at who you think they value the most, um, who they think they can replace the easiest it's tough for me as I really really want to say that he stays with the Packers and I think that if he does um I would imagine it being kind of like Tyler said maybe a little bit less than the 52 a year uh or not a year 52 million contract but I am my gut tells me that he's not gonna stay with us after this year I think that the Packers could let him walk and that AJ Dillon draft choice doesn't exactly um, signal so much to me that they're they're a hundred percent invested in keeping him around. It also doesn't mean that like they're trying to move on from Aaron Jones with AJ Dillon. That's not what I'm trying to say either. But I if I had to make a prediction, I'm gonna say Jama- uh, Aaron Jones is not is not going to be with the Packers after this year. Yeah, and that's as much as I hate to say it too, I think that's going to be what happens. Um, unless Aaron Jones is willing to take a hometown discount. He said that he wants to be a lifelong Packer, um, but we'll see if he 
if another team's willing to pay him, if he's going to be able to do that, because I don't see the Packers paying him $13 million, um a year. Um, even with kind of changing that to signing bonus and things like that, I don't even – I see them – Around the four years, forty million, maybe forty-five. I don't see over ten million a year. I am not not really sure that they can afford that because if you look at the free agents that are going to be on the roster, I think there are at more important positions and positions where it's harder to find elite level players, and that's what Aaron Jones is. That's what Kenny Clark is. That's what David Bakhtiari is at their respective positions. But it's easier to find a running back than it is to find a left tackle or an elite-level interior rusher like Kenny Clark is. Um, Just ask most of the teams in the league. Most of the teams in the league do not have a tackle that they is a Pro Bowl, um, all-pro type of tackle. And when those players come off, and the, you need to sign them to a deal, You those are the players that you need to do it on rather than the running backs where it seems like, you know, you get Aaron Jones in the fifth round. I think they drafted Jamal Williams in the fourth of that same year. And Jamal Williams is a solid running back and probably could be a starter somewhere. Um, but you you just have to kind of keep the cycle going because I am a firm believer in – your running backs, you just kind of take them round three or later. That's why I didn't love the A.J. Dillon pick, but I do love that player, and I think he's going to be good for the Packers. But you just kind of build in the draft every three or four years, maybe even every year you're taking a running back, just to kind of cycle them through, keep fresh bodies in there. Um, because if your line does what they need to do and you have built that well, you can just kind of cycle runners through there. Obviously, they're not all going to be special like Aaron Jones, but I do think for the most part in today's NFL, you can get away with kind of cycling running backs in and you don't have to pay a running back $13 million a year. Um, but if there is a running back out there that's worth it, the versatility and the explosiveness of Aaron Jones, he definitely deserves it. I just don't know if the Packers are going to be able to pay him. Um, the next thing we're going to go to is the free agents, like I said, and I want to start at Kenny Clark because to me, he is number one of importance on the Packers, um, mind. I feel like he is going to be the one that they need to sign. That's just my opinion. Again, looking at spot track, um, and their market value calculation, It's a similar thing that they did with Aaron Jones for Kenny Clark. Obviously, different stats that they're looking at. But for Kenny Clark, they have him five years, $91 million. So that would come down to about $18.2 million a year. That would make him the second highest paid defensive tackle in the league behind, of course, Aaron Donald, who is making... $22.5 $22.5 million a year on average, um, and that would put him in the top 25 in terms of contracts in the NFL. So if that's the number that Kenny Clark demands, do you guys see the Packers bringing him back? No. <laughs> Not at that number. Um, I, I, We've talked about this before. It's kind of like the trend of the Packers um, with their defensive linemen. i do want to say that Kenny Clark is different than the rest of those guys. I, um, 
I mean, right now he's 24. The dude's whoever signs him to a five-year contract, that's his best five years of his career probably are still those five ahead of him. So I do think he earns a contract like that. I just don't see it being with the Packers. I'm going to disagree with you, Scott. I think the Packers do pull the trigger on this one. Yeah, because he's been improving every year, and you said his best years are ahead of him, and what, the only better interior pass rusher last year was, what, Aaron Donald, I think? So Kenny Clark is, yeah, like I said, it's a high name, and the Packers have done this before. I mean, think about when they signed Mike Daniels to that, I think it was four years, 40-some million. That was back in 2015 already, so... God, that's such a huge difference already just from 2015 to 2020 in terms of money and it's just crazy to think about but I'm all for anchoring down Kenny Clark clo- getting close to 30 so I mean if they do anywhere four to six years I'm I'm fine with that you obviously hope injuries don't don't bug him kind of like what happened with Mike Daniels towards the end of his career but at least as a Packer anyway but I'm Kenny Clark has proven to be resilient so far. He played through injuries last season, and I think he likes it here, and the Packers definitely want to keep him around. So I'll, I'll sign him. I don't care. Yeah, um, I I agree with you, Tyler. I think this is you basically just hand Kenny Clark the check and let him write the numbers on it, and you sign him away because he, at 24 years old, and like, like you guys said, he's going to get better, which is – ridiculous he's in my eyes and I don't think it's because I'm a biased Packer fan even though I am he's the second best defensive tackle in the league and if it wasn't for super superhuman Aaron Donald he would easily be the best and he is a great interior pass rusher like you just said Tyler and I said this last week that he's the second best only behind Aaron Donald in terms of interior pressure and that's a big thing in today's NFL. If you get a quarterback off his spot, it makes it easier for Zadarius, Preston, Rashawn Gary, hell, maybe even Jonathan Garvin. It makes it easier for those guys because it gets the quarterback off their spot. And Kenny Clark is disruptive in the run and the pass game. I just, I think it's one of those deals where you just, you don't love the number that you're going to have to sign them at, but you also are like, well, what else are we going to do? Because if he is not on the team in 2021, even with Zedarius Preston, Rashawn Gary taking a step, even if everything goes right otherwise, we are our team's going to be worse and significantly worse because he is a huge part of that interior defensive presence um, and just makes so many more plays than even his highlights or what his stats tell you because he just eats up blocks in there and it's just an incredible um, defensive lineman for the Packers. Let's roll over to the offensive side of the ball with what is like 1B for me in terms of importance in re-signing, and that's David Bakhtiari. Track does not have a market value on him, but he was making $12 million last year. Um, he is 29 years old right now, so what are you guys thinking in terms of where are the numbers that you want to see Bakhtiari at, or are you willing to let him walk as he is 29 years old at this point? Bakhtiari's interesting. I I guess I forgot that he was creeping closer to that age 30, and Packers history tells you they don't like those guys when they get over 30. 
but my gut tells me Bakhtiari is the cheat code. Like he's the exemption to that. Like they will re-sign him. And, and there are other factors that go into that too. Like Aaron Rodgers loves David Bakhtiari. If Rodgers is staying here, he's going to want him back. And Rodgers has spoken out when players that he really likes leaves. And I just don't think that'd be a good look for, for anyone, especially with the whole Jordan Love situation going on too. And but yeah, I don't know, twelve million. If if I'm gonna bring David Bakhtiari back, I think it's not gonna be for the deal he probably wants. You're not gonna sign him for four years, probably not even three. It's gonna be something one to two years and and then that's it. So if he's willing to do that, then I'm all on board. I the reason one of the big reasons I kinda said no to Kenny Clark and Aaron Jones was I think that they're gonna make Bakhtiari a priority to bring back um not that they don't want to bring back the other guys just that the money that it, they're probably going to demand is going to be so much um but like tyler said obviously him and rogers are are probably best friends now that jordy's gone but uh i think that either either if we do keep rogers for the next few years or we move on to a young quarterback. I think either way, Bakhtiari would play a huge role because one, you want a you want a good offensive line when you have either a Super Bowl caliber quarterback or a brand new rookie uh, first start quarterback. You know, you don't want him to get beat up, lose his confidence, all that crap. So, I think no matter what the future holds in Green Bay for the quarterback situation. I think that David Bakhtiari would be important there. Yeah, I I think so too. Um, in terms of non-skill position, this is the most important position on the football field. Um, or if you have a left-hand quarterback, I guess it would be right tackle. Uh, but this left tackle position is super important um, although he is nearing his age 30 season, um, Packers generally don't give out third contracts to players, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but just in general, they don't always, they don't tend to give out that third contract, but he's just like Kenny Clark. He's just one of those guys where you don't care what you've done in the past because he is an all pro pro bowl caliber player. Um, the one thing that concerns me a little bit with him is some penalty issues this past year kind of surfaced with him. You know, his rookie year, he had 10 penalties. Um, 2015, he had 11. Those were his two most outside of last year, which he had 12 last year. Um, 2016, 2017, and 2018, he had less in those three years than he did in 2019. So hopefully it was just kind of a fluke um, with the penalties and he'll go back to old form. But other than some extra holding calls and things like that, I do think he has still been playing at an all pro caliber level. So at left tackle, which is very, very important. Um, and I will say Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari are going to get paid because without them, I think they lose so much in terms of the next guy on the depth chart that it's just such a big hit that you can't afford it and you need to 
pay these guys. Um, when they're elite level talents like these two are, you just you just have to suck it up and pay them, um, which it's going to make it hard for other players, but to sign other players like Aaron Jones. But we just want to continue to build where we need those great elite players. Um, one position that I think might to kind of take a step back in the draft kind of showed it to us this year a little bit um, is Corey Lindsley. How do you guys feel about the Packers bringing back Corey Lindsley who made eight and a half million in 2021, which I imagine what he would request even at age 30, um, a similar number for his next contract. I think he's, uh, I, I don't want to say that they're not going to bring him back. Cause then that kind of defeats the purpose of my argument for Bakhtiari, but Obviously, Bakhtiari's elite. Um, Lindsley's he's a good player. He really is. Um, eight and a half million is a ton. I could see him coming back on a on a much smaller uh, much smaller contract. Um, kind of like what Tyler said, maybe like one two year thing, at least for now. Maybe the who knows? Maybe it's the last couple years that. Rodgers is going to be with us so they keep they keep the band together on that front line I don't know um I would see him coming back to the Packers not long term though now this one for me is more of a definite they're not going to bring him back so sorry Scott um I mean we we drafted a center in this year's draft and I've even heard some people saying rumblings of that Jenkins could switch over to center. I, I don't know how that works. I'm assuming has to deal more with that. He's got a really good uh, push, especially in that run game. But um, yeah, at over getting over 30, Lindsley's been super durable throughout his entire career. And it, it's just kind of a risk at that kind of money. You know, something bad's going to happen to the trenches at some point. There's just so much that goes on and this out of players control. And you can, you can get good, centers good guards get anyone in the draft for a lot cheaper money and just keep restocking them every so often so i I think that's what's going to happen here they're going to let them walk yeah and for some reason spot tracks numbers are off because they said bakhtiari's 29 and Corey lindsley's 30 well at the moment they are both 28 uh cory lindsley will turn 29 in late july bakhtiari will turn 29 in late september Um, so I don't think that changes the argument much, but I just think Corey Lindsley is a great player. He's kind of, for my eyes, he's like good to borderline elite. He's not quite in that elite category, but he is a very, very solid and good player for the Packers. I just think, like I said, with the reason for Aaron Jones was you have to pay these other two guys, in my opinion, and because of that, you can't pay Aaron Jones, you can't pay Corey Lindsley. And yeah, that makes your team worse. But you have to kind of, when you're team building, things like this happen. When you have young players that you drafted that are still really good players and elite level players, you're not going to be able to re-sign everyone. So that's kind of my thoughts with Aaron Jones and Corey Lindsley as to why we're not going to see him on the field in green and gold in 2021. Um, the next one, which I feel like is going to be a little bit more of an interesting conversation, is Kevin King. Um, so Spot Track says 26, so we might want to check that for sure, uh, considering they messed up Bakhtiari and Lindsley's ages. But 
Kevin King coming off of his rookie deal. Um, obviously, the first two seasons, injury riddled. And then last year, he's on the field most, if not all of the year, but kind of some inconsistencies were out there. So what do you guys think about Kevin King being in green and gold beyond the 2020 season? Yeah, Kevin King is 25 years old right now. He'll be 26 next season. And... I've heard his estimated value could be around that 10-ish million dollar range, which sounds like a lot because it is, and especially I think then after King, you're going to have to re-sign Alexander shortly after that, and he's going to be more than Kevin King. So and with the cap situation being tight, it's kind of another one of those situations where, well, can they afford him? So I think if we lost Kevin King, we let him, we let him go we would feel that impact more than if we let some of these other guys go. Like, good corners are hard to come by. It's it's very rare, and Jair Alexander is an exemption to this, that you get good corners that contribute right away in the draft. I mean, they take a while to to develop, and, and otherwise, if you're going to replace Kevin King, you got to go get a free agent from somewhere, and you don't know what that's going to cost, and will it be to the level of play that Kevin King has done when he's healthy? At, I don't know, probably not. So I'm for re-signing him. That's where I'm leaning right now. Yeah, um, I really want to keep our defense together. I think we've talked about this before. Is I, I've been so excited to see the defense take the field this past year. So I want to see him back. I Is it going to happen? Again, I don't know. That's... That's already what four guys that we've mentioned that would command a $10 million plus contract. It depends who they want to keep, you know. But I do agree with Tyler that defensive back is, is very difficult to find and hold on to. So I I would like Kevin King back as well, yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't see $10 million unless he balls out this year which he he has the talent to do don't get me wrong um but i i just don't see 10 million a year you know adrian amos is right at that 10 million and adrian amos gets that because he's very solid and you know what you're going to get out of him um and kevin king we're three out of three years into his four-year rookie deal and we have no idea if he's going to be able to stay healthy in his next contract, if he's going to be consistent in his next contract, if he plays phenomenal, maybe he can get around that $10 million, But I honestly think that they could potentially sign him for the, somewhere in the 6 to 8 range just because I don't think he can demand that much because he hasn't been able to consistently prove it throughout his contract and we're three years into his contract. So I don't know if he's going to be able to demand that much um but it will be interesting kenny clark david bakhtiari aaron jones Corey lindsley kevin king those are kind of the big five to pay attention to and i i'm pretty excited and nervous at the same time to see what the packers are going to be able to do and who they're going to be able to bring back in terms of these five players and there are some other players to keep an eye on as well um, they just restructured the last year of Lane Taylor's contract to free up some cap space this year. 
um, which I think was around $3 million that they saved with that deal. So that doesn't look like a cap casualty anymore. It doesn't look like the guy they're going to cut anymore, which is a good thing in my opinion because you don't just get rid of good linemen. And even if he's not going to start, you don't get rid of good linemen unless they're you know, making $12 million a year and they fell off a cliff. You keep those guys. He's going to be a valuable um, depth piece, and it's going to make this offensive line even better to have him in the room. And if someone were to go down, he can step in and play good. And he's a decent quality starter, so he'd be a great backup. Um, other guys, Devin Funches, Big Dog, Tyler Irvin, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard would be a um, exclusive rights free agent. And there is a bunch of other guys on this list that are going to be free agents in 2021. Montrevious Adams, Will Redmond, Tyler Lancaster, um, Darius Shepard, you know, Malik Taylor, Randy Ramsey, uh, Robert Tanyan, Raven Green. There's a bunch of guys on this list, but those are Jake Kumro. Yes, Scott, Jake Kumro will be as well. Um, but is there anyone that we haven't kind of focused on a lot that you guys want to talk about? You want to say, don't bring them back, please, or definitely try to bring them back. Are there any guys that uh, stand out to you guys? Uh, I, I absolutely love Jamal Williams. Um, not looking aside from his football play, just as a person, I would, I would really hate to see him not be in the green and gold anymore. But if he were to leave, I would definitely be a big Jamal Williams fan wherever he goes. Um, I think that one would sting a little bit more. Not again, like I said, not because of exactly what he did on the football field. He's a great player. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's just I'd hate to hate to not see him dancing around it training camp and all that stuff yeah that's that's fair point scott (laughs) i forgot all about that um i don't know a couple of the guys like it depends like funches and even big dog tanyan they're they're gonna get like tanyan especially will get more playing time this year and funches being in his first year it's just gonna depend on how they how they perform it's almost like they just got to prove their worth after that um seeing how it's a contract year for them and you could maybe even lump Lazard into that. Like, what if he just doesn't do anything next year? Then do you really want him back? Probably not. But I obviously hope that doesn't happen. You just got to be able to prove he can do what he did last year or even build on it. Um, The only other guys we haven't really mentioned on the list, and they're not exactly free agents, but... Um, like I know there's outs and contracts like save money by like cutting Billy Turner after next off season. I think you can save cap space by, I think releasing one of the Smiths. I don't remember which one, but there are all sorts of weird scenarios where the Packers could release some guys and get some extra cap. So maybe bringing some of those big five back could be more of a reality if they decide to, to do some of those other things. But that might be another talking point for another podcast. <laughs> Yeah, and there is a good list of exclusive rights free agents, but just so you know, Tyler, exclusive rights, basically what the Packers can do is offer him a qualifying offer, which is typically a one-year league minimum salary, and the player can't negotiate with any other team and basically has to sign that contract. 
So even if he doesn't play great, I imagine Alan Lazard will be back just because he is still kind of a developmental type player and at league minimum for even wide receiver five or six, if that's what he ends up being, that that's still a very, very good deal. Um, another guy that I didn't mention already that I think is going to be low-key a pretty important um, player to re-sign, and that's Chandon Sullivan. He's a restricted free agent. He made three-quarters of a million dollars last year um, for – or actually 2020, this upcoming year – that's how much he will make. Um, I think he is super important. He stepped up and played really well. He's 25 years old, you know, just coming off that rookie time frame deal. Um, I think he's going to be a very important one to bring back because I think he's going to be kind of that slot corner unless Josh Jackson can step up, but we have not seen that from Jackson. So I don't have much, if any faith that he's going to be able to step up. So now I'm trying to think of that kind of slot corner, that third cornerback that you can bring out. And Shannon Sullivan right now is the guy, and I think he's going to be another guy that the Packers are going to have to at least try to bring back. And I can't imagine he's going to get a huge number anywhere, Um, but it's definitely a guy I think the Packers need to consider bringing back um, onto the team in 2021. Do you guys have anything else on any free agents or anything Packers related? I have nothing, no. Nope. Nothing we didn't address. All right, perfect. So hopefully we will come back next week and we'll see that Kenny Clark has signed a deal, (laughs) David Bakhtiari signed a deal, and we don't have to worry about any of this. Um, But make sure you guys continue to check out our Twitter page at Trilogy underscore pod. Check out our other podcasts um, and hit us up on Twitter. If you have a hypothetical you want us to talk about um, or just anything in general, you know, in the, in the midst of this off season and with no other sports going on and you have something that you want to talk about that's at least somewhat Packer related, hit us up on Twitter and we'll try to find a segment for you to talk about it and, hopefully have a little bit more fun interactive show for you guys so hit us up on twitter at trilogy underscore pod there but until next week go pack go go pack